The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, you might remember yesterday on the show we were talking about uh, Enoch Burke. Schools have reopened uh, this week, a lot of them reopening uh, tomorrow, certainly primary schools. But the kids are back in Wilson's Hospital, the teachers were back, and Enoch Burke was back. And whenever we talk, about Enoch Burke, of course, plenty of people uh, get in touch to ridicule him. He is a subject and a topic of ridicule as well uh, on the internet. Dermot Ling is the owner of Wild Irish Retreats and a former Wexford hurler, of course. Uh, Dermot, you're very welcome to the show and it's good to talk to you again. Do you think some of the commentary around Enoch Burke is unfair? Um, I mean, it's a difficult, it's a difficult question because there's a lot of difficult debates that span out of it, Kieran. Um, by, I think, showing any degree of pity or even, I suppose, on the other side, but admiration for the stance that Enoch Burke has taken. I mean, you're immediately associated with uh, what are maybe less desirables online or people who you don't want to be associated with, I'm not sure. But I suppose as teachers, I definitely think, I mean, there has to be the question asked of, of, of teachers, you know, do we want principals, teachers? Do we want principal people teaching our children? Isn't that as important, if not more important than, you know, the ability to teach maths or Irish or English, like, you know, the display of principles, that's a that's a great value to carry forward in the world. And mm. I know from teaching myself, like young people, they breathe in what they see and they witness much more than what you teach them. You know, they're just, they, they take you in that way. So I suppose the question for, with, with Enoch Burke and, and like where it kind of gets on to fairly naturally is like, is he, is, is it not the original paradox of the, of the question, which is like, there's this freedom of expression. There's a demand socially for freedom of expression. And Enoch Burke is in, in, entitled to his. And should he be ridiculed for his freedom of expression in the way that he is? I mean, it doesn't seem like that's uh, the most natural thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think like it feels like, you know, he's a bit of a, he's a representation of the micro and macro in all of us. Like if you look at it through conservatism and, and liberalism, like conservatism being a masculine principle and then on the, on, on the other side of the scale, you have the more liberal, which would be the more feminine principle of of what we call uh, a friendly chaos. And I think we all remember up until the 80s, um, we've been stifled by conservatism to a degree in the country. And since the you know mid-90s, we're liberalising all the time. But I mean, it, you can't, surely we're not going to pretend there isn't a question to, on the extremes of liberalism, on the extremes of the feminine principle. Like, of course, they're there as well. And of course, yeah. At times, they're going to need to be drawn back in. Um, I, I, I think that that's you know that's a that's a that's a that's a fair enough line to take. Like, do you, do you think though um, that some of the ridiculing that happens of him, and he kind of has become a, a, an object of scorn for 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 some people. That it's, I suppose, on 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 one level, what is that ridiculing? It's it's a lack of empathy shown towards him and. I was trying to think about this in advance of our conversation and maybe in order for us to be empathetic for people, we have to be able to identify them with them in some way. And Enoch Burke's in, in or Enoch Burke in a lot of ways is, and I don't mean this to be an insult to the family, but he's kind of an oddity for a lot of people, you know, in terms of his religious beliefs and his upbringing. Yeah. And maybe that makes it kind of harder to identify with him and then easier to pour scorn. Look at Kieran, this can go in, in in a very interesting direction in relation to that question because of course he is. Now, there, there's a very fundamental question that I get onto in a second that first of all, the parties interested in that fundamental question are can we hold somebody up who nobody can identify with? 
can we keep a division going between people about what are trans rights and what aren't, for example, that affect such a very, very tiny minority of the country? And can we keep that conversation going as a divisive aspect of Irish society? And this is going on all over the Western world as well. The biggest question to consider like, is there are there vested interests working on behalf of, for example, capital, um, that there are ideologies that profit from the stifling of creativity. So why are like why are we dividing on trans ideology when you've got no knowledge, nothing being taught in schools about the full embodiment of, for example, the masculine. Now I see this on the men's retreats and there are there are terms here to get lost because you know they trigger certain ideas that people have. Yeah. But like there are there are like to to consciously engage in some way with what the the most powerful, the most beautiful parts of what is masculine and what is feminine. Those things aren't being celebrated. There's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of this kind of a conversation that divides people. So it's like, well, why are we why are we focusing on things that divide, and why are we not focusing more on what is positive and what is shared? Whether you're trans, whether you're male, female, whatever you identify as, you have a masculine, feminine principle inside you. And there's n- no knowledge, no attempt to to bring mm-hmm. us together on that. So. I, you have to ask the question. I don't think anybody gets away with not asking the question. Why are we divided on it? Why do we continue to be divided on it? And our teachers, don't teachers have a very unique and a very important role in that mm-hmm. regard? They do have to be bastions. They do. They are the last stand as to what comes in to our classrooms. And is that information coming in that's working on behalf of something that's not the emergence of our young people? Like, that has to be, I think that has to be kept in, in mind. And how do you incorporate all of that, that need to instill kind of values and principles into a curriculum that, you know, has understandably a focus on getting through X amount of hours of Irish every week, X amount of hours of religion, X amount of hours of history, of geography. Mm. It's a great question. Uh, first of all, the curriculum, I think, allows for it very naturally. It's just the method, it's, it's the way, it's the, the, the whole setup. I mean, you, you know, you have to go back to the, to the origins of education for that, like an industrial model education is designed to stifle creativity because it, it, it did require labour. That was always the way it was. How can we bring people in from the country who lived a kind of a free life and bring them into cities to do menial labour to keep the the industrial machine going? I mean, this has forever been the, the way. So the, the, the curriculum, and particularly the Irish curriculum, is a very, very broad and very expansive curriculum. It's how that is rolled out. And I mean, we can't divorce that from society then because, you know, we can't take we can barely take kids outside in outside the school grounds to engage in the world and engage in themselves, you know, to have like the how stifling insurance, for example, is in what would be maybe, I don't know, they may be masculine, they may be feminine pursuits, I'm not sure, but certainly getting into our bodies more, you know, climbing trees in the way that we used to play in sports in a way that's not always out on the pitch with helmets and everything has to be organised and we need a referee. It's just like, why can't they play? Why can't they be out and play? Why can't they go out and experience art in a city or in a town or in the countryside where they're free? Why does it have to be the celebration of the intellectual and sitting down and getting children to behave in a particular way that suits, as I said, down the path, a workforce? I think that's not that's surely not the most ideal way. It's necessary because it's a building block for sure, but it can't be the only way. And I don't see us opening up to our possibilities when we celebrate this yeah. division and divisiveness and hate. And then we put figures like Enoch Burke forward as what's wrong, but he's not what's wrong. You know, surely he's not what's wrong. Somebody with a principle like that, yeah. what the principle is, maybe, okay, that's everybody's entitled to their opinion on that. But 
having someone principled, I, I just think to cast social media memes around and not, you know, not, 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 as you said, not to empathize with somebody who has that principle. I mean, how often in the, how often in history here and how often does it happen that the, the great many will slate the one or the two and then for time to pass only for that one or two to be, that mm. becomes the way then it becomes accepted by everybody. It's time immemorial. Maybe Ian Park isn't that fella. I don't know, but at least the principle is strong and I think that's good, you know. Dermot, listen, it's always interesting to talk to you and appreciate you taking the time uh, to take the call. Dermot Lang is the owner of Wild Irish Retreats and a former Wexford hurler, of course, as well. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.